0: and marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back, Championship Leadership Podcast, and I'm excited we got Christopher Lee with us here today uh, from Virginia. Just wrote a new book, and uh, excited to have you here today to talk with you a little bit and hear more about uh, the book that you have out and uh, what you're up to in life. So, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. My pleasure. The first question I always ask, or almost always ask, and I know you've listened to a few of these, so you're probably ready for this one, but Championship Leadership is the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you when you hear Championship Leadership? What's that mean to you? You know, what I think about is um, execution, perspective,
2: and commitment. Because as you know, there's a lot of talented people out there, a lot of smart people, and I think there's even some quote, and I'm trying to remember who said it, but basically that life is full of kind of you know well to do, uh, smart underachievers, right? So <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, you gotta put feet to the ground, right? You gotta yeah. you gotta execute, you gotta do. Yeah. And I think champions know that. And I know you you know, you you know, some of your guests before talked about the Belichicks of the world and things like that. And I appreciate that sort of perspective when, you know, you ask him a, a question about football games or whatever. And he's like, well, we're, we're, we're focused on next
1: week. You yeah. know you know? right.
2: We're not yeah. focused on the playoffs. We're focused on next week. Yeah. It's yeah, like, absolutely. do your job. And it's about focus. Yeah, And it's about execution on the fundamentals. And that's where I've always been. So I really kind of appreciate folks who are willing to put in the commitment to execute consistently over time. That's how you win
1: championships, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we we also usually talk about Nick Saban. But I know before we started here, we don't want that. That's a bad word in your household. That's a bad
2: word. Yeah. (laughs) I went to the. To the better school right. uh, in Alabama, you Eagle, us, right? across the Lord state Lord on Eagle. the planes. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, so that, was, that was
1: intentional, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I noticed you left, left that one out. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no, but uh totally, yeah, absolutely. You, you also said perspective. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, you know, perspective is everything.
2: I mean, perspective is everything. I mean, you know, you. I mean, you. You talk about your time in Kuwait. I'm, I'm sure you know, you probably had the most challenging environment that most humans will ever face. And some people spiral down in the face of challenge. Some people hold firm. Some people rise to the occasion. You know, uh, you know, Colin Powell, again, if we're going to use some military examples talked about, it's always better in the morning, right? So just the idea that, you know, you you get some rest and you get back in the fight, right? And so perspective is even when you're winning, it's about perspective because you know there's some people who win, but they're not nice, right? Yeah, you know, right. and this and and, and you know, uh, as you know, challenge and failure and things like that tend to give you perspective, right? I mean, it's a crucible of leadership, right? Most people who are successful have had fantastic failures. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. You learn from it. Yeah, so. definitely. Uh, what the championship leader uh, learn from it, right? They. It, yes. Yeah. Not everyone learns from it, unfortunately, but uh, the good ones do for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What's that? What tell us a little bit more about yourself and and a little bit about your background and and uh, what you got going on with with the book and and how you've kind of gotten to where you are today. Yeah. yeah. So you know,
2: since uh, I, I know you're a military man, I, I usually don't necessarily advertise the you know the idea that I'm a retired marine officer. So I spent you know eight years active. 13 years in the reserves, so you know, I retired lieutenant colonel early in life. Most of my career has been either that or in higher education. I've been a chief H officer for five different institutions of higher education, so I, I kind of joke about that sometimes, saying that I'm, it's because I'm not promotable, right? You know, so I keep doing the same job you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in different places, different playing fields, different kinds of institutions. So I've worked at a junior college and a state university in Georgia. Worked at a select private liberal arts college, you know, uh, Bates College up in Maine. Uh, Chief HR Officer also for the Virginia Community College System, which is a network of 23 colleges uh, in the Commonwealth here. And then now Chief HR Officer for William & Mary. So academic sort of background, do a little teaching also, but mostly as an HR leader, uh, you know, advising senior leaders. So that's kind of my background, but it's all HR. Yeah, uh, it's mm-hmm. about you know, um, it's about some of the things that you focus on. My whole life has been about performance. That's my take on things. And I like mm-hmm. sports, a lot of sports analogies, and focus on how do you bring out the best in people. It's yeah. about exploiting human potential, unleashing human potential, mm-hmm. how to get people to work together and be their best. that's, that's kind of. A summary of my kind of thoughts, passions, and approach to things, and you know my preparation, obviously as an HR person and a, and a military officer, you know, kind of converge on that, right? About how to do well, you know, accomplish your goals, your mission, your focus
1: with the people you have, yeah. right? And get them to be their best. Yeah. Well, so talk. I think that leads pretty well into to what your book is about, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the book the book is actually uh, on an alternative way of doing performance appraisals. So the first thought is, well, it's, it's not performance appraisal. So this is actually book 2.0. The first book was 2006. Uh, it was called Performance Conversations and Alternative to Appraisals. And at the time, it was not vogue, right? So it was kind of countercultural a little bit. I was one of the early scholars talking about the traditional way of thinking about giving people feedback was wrong. It's sometimes demeaning and and, debilitating and negative focused and backwards focused that sort of thing. So it came up with a different way of looking at that, right? And so the folks who published it, you know, know, folks who published the the new book, I can remember having a conversation with them, which is the Society for HR Management, uh, world's largest HR organization, you know, 250,000 members type thing. They're saying, hey, Chris, you know, we think this is good stuff, but we have 24 books on the shelf that say, do appraisals, and you say they don't work.
1: Right?
2: <laughs> but then, but then somewhere along the way, the biggest shift happened around 2015, 2016, when uh, folks like Adobe, uh, Microsoft, Accenture, and Deloitte, which is two of the world largest, uh, world's largest world's uh, largest uh, consulting firms, stopped doing appraisals because they didn't find them to be valuable. And those are the folks who sold it to the world, right? You know, and so it was a big shift. And Mm -hmm. so now, the ideas that I, you know, kind of talk about a little more vogue, and uh, you know, as I said, the Professional Association for HR is is a publisher. So on the surface, it's on performance appraisals, but it's really not, right? Because it's on a different way of looking at it. But behind that, it's about the treatment and the relationship and the partnership with people to help them do their best, and that's why. I approach the conversation because the previous method was not about helping Nate or Chris be the best. It's about really criticism, negative feedback, and that gap mentality of, you know, performance goal, actual, you know, performance and looking only at the gap, not looking at the person, not looking at what they need. You know, it's about the performer. And so my approach is on the person and the performer. Right. It's about the relationship between the coach and the performer. Mm-hmm. Because if Chris gives Nate feedback, it's different than you know, Nate giving someone else feedback or Chris giving someone else's feedback. It's a relationship that you and I have. I mean, you're a coach, you know this, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You gotta have that. They have to believe in you. They yeah. have to believe most importantly, well, I don't know if they have to believe in it, they have to believe that you believe in them. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. right? So they have to think and know that you care. They have to know that you have that best interest at heart. And so you have to, you can't divorce the feedback from the messenger because the messenger and the message are two sides of the same coin. So my approach to all of this, I, I call it 21st century leadership, right? It's basically about the idea that it's a coach orientation to, you know, the relationship and supervisor and, and, and subordinate and, It's one about future orientation and improvement. My contributions to the literature is is creating a systematic model to help you do those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So it's called performance conversations. And it's a long subtitle, which I don't even know because (laughs) it's too long. But, you know, that's what publishers do, right? It's it's, it's how to use questions to coach employees, improve productivity and boost confidence. Right. So three parts to that. And the way I have to describe it is as coaching, counseling, and cheering on, okay. right? So yeah. how can Nate, you know, coach Chris to help him improve? How does he counsel him, help him look, be reflective and, and, and grow? And how does he encourage him to cheer him on, to champion that person getting better? So it's the person and the performer in the relationship, which I
1: think is so important, those together. So is it just more of a process now of just like an ongoing process without the, what, what, yeah, what's, what was the intent of the appraisal versus how, it, you know, it doesn't work to this process that you're talking about now? What, what were the major right. shifts there? Yeah, you
2: know, it's about the feedback, not appraisal. So, you know, the, the appraisal is about judgment, yeah right? And it has a negative feeling. So yeah. if, if you were giving me feedback, you know, as a coach, you might say, hey, Chris, you know, you're, you're getting stronger, you're getting better, your, your, your written communication skills are, are improving, your colleagues say that, you know, you, you get along well with others, and you have a, a, a particular uh, ability to comprehend lots of amounts of information. Or you could say, hey, Chris, you're a B plus. You're 4.2 out of 5. Uh, You're but It's a sting. It's different. And it's not about making Chris better. It's about assessing Chris for some administrative purposes, along with others versus coming and saying, what do you need to be your best? How can I put you in a situation for you to grow better? What information or guidance or support do you need, you know, to 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 get gain better focus? So it's a complete shift in perspective. It's a different paradigm. It's a different relationship and framework.
1: And then we systematize that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you think back to, you know, because these, these types of appraisals or evaluations, you know, in the Army, definitely as an officer, you always had, you had evaluations that would come through and it felt like one bad one would kill a career, right? And it's just, Absolutely. you know, that's not who that person is and definitely not who they're going to be forever, right? And right. I always saw in the back of my mind how that was wrong and that, was, that system was kind of broken a bit. And so yeah. I can see where that where there'd be some big issues with that in the rankings in the rankings. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. If you
2: I mean, you, you, you could be Peyton Manning. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but if you're rated against uh, Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. I mean, so it, it, it's all relative. And the point is that think about the negative feedback that you could offer. Right. That totally displaces the truth of what's going on. Not to mention the fact that, you know, leaders are human. They make mistakes. Sometimes Mm -hmm. their judgments aren't correct. And sometimes we scar people with our judgments of, as you say, as they are at the moment, if I'm not biased in any way and I'm not human in any way.
1: Right? Yeah. Right. So a lot of problems with the traditional systems. Sometimes those mistakes can... uh Spur greatness, too, right? Some people could really take those to really be a huge turning point for them. Where if they don't have that opportunity because of that, then it's that's a, that's a travesty in itself. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely.
2: You said something that, that, that sparks on the idea you said before. Some people get negative feedback and they use it as a red badge of courage to prove somebody wrong. Yeah. 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 Some people take it to heart and you can go the other way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Some people spiral up, some people spiral down. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah. that's the challenge there. And the key is, can we shift the way we give that feedback yeah. so that it's constructive and helpful to that
1: person as they are today? Yeah, I love that. That's great. What, uh, who are some of the championship leaders that have impacted you in, in your journey to where you are today? Well, you know, I, I would say. What is it about them? Right. you know, Right. You know, I can't say
2: if they're individuals because I tend to study human performance and I have. Groups of folks in different areas, you know, a lot of sports, a lot of academics. So, you know, the there's there's two scholars, called Kuzis and Posner, you know, they they got great, they you know, they got great stuff. And then I was looking looking at the show recently, and they said, hey, you know, you have to have, um, uh, if you if you're talking sports, you have to quote Lombardi. You know what I'm saying, or Wood, yeah. right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, and then I threw in. You got to add some Yogi Berra in there for for a little humor. Yeah, he's always a little truth, right? Yeah, you know. So you know, but I do have you know a few folks I I I like to you know kind of lean on because, as you know, everybody has their favorites. But I tend to favor you know this guy named Peter Drucker, right? You know he you know he you know he you know he's a a professor and he talked about things like what you focus on improves. I mean, just simplistic, right? Yeah. And he talked about uh, working on yourself, right? You know, and so things like that. You know, I picked up a little little things along the way. Uh, this retired Marine Colonel, who was the leadership officer for uh, this organization here in Virginia, called the Newport News Shipbuilding Company. They used to be part of a national conglomerate, and uh, he they have, they have an apprenticeship school, right? And they teach leadership and craftsmanship and, and a few other things. And he said, leadership is not about taking charge. It's about taking responsibility, right? Love that. and yeah. I love that, right? And so I just collected little, you know, sayings and things along the way from a lot of, you know, people. And so, you know, I teach a class on HR leadership and I have a, a, a page of what I call quotes and, and okay. sayings, right? You know, yeah. so it was just a collection from a lot of different folks things to keep you, you know, in mind. So John F. Kennedy, you know, leaders are learners, right? You know, Mm -hmm. John Adams, if you, if you make people feel better and feel like they can do more than you're a leader, you see what I'm saying? So, you know, a a lot of, a lot of folks, not necessarily,
1: you know, one or two people I follow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing those. I love those. uh, um, I love to hear a lot of those different quotes and some of those I hadn't heard before. So I love that Um, from, from some, some significant people inside of our, our history. So I want to talk a little bit about vision with championship leadership. I think that's a huge piece and, uh, you know, having the courage to take action on certain things that, you know, you talked about that perspective and in a way it's like championship leaders. Again, I, this is usually when I'll talk about the Belichick or the, you know, coach down south, you you know, where they, uh, they seem to have this perspective that a lot of their peers uh, don't, which is amazes me. Because uh, they are able to continue to perform at such a high level, in such a competitive uh, spot. Yeah. I, so, well, you know, what's what's the vision for you? I know you're writing a book, so it's important for you to. I and mean, you're a teacher, you're a professor, and uh, and uh, you're, you're all about leadership and impacting others. So, curious, what's what is it for you? What's the vision, the impact you want to make?
2: Well, I, you know, for me, it's about you know changing the paradigm in the relationship of leaders and subordinates. You know, again, I, you know, it's called the 21st century leadership only because yeah. the old model really was, you know, supposedly the leader was the smartest guy or gal in the room. Right. And that they had, you know, they were omniscient. They knew all, they saw all, and their judgment was pure and mm-hmm. that people were subject to quote the leader. Yeah. And when the truth of the matter, leadership is a different set of values, skills and activities. And that person has a different perspective. And I've always appreciated, you know, the Marine Corps, uh, you know, thought of leaders leading leaders. Mm-hmm. right? So it's a whole idea that we all come to the world in a certain way. And there's always something that even the subordinates can offer the leaders. And so if we shift the perspective of my role is not to be a, quote, overseer. My role is to help you be the best you can be, right? My role is to figure out a way to help, you know, to empower you. My role is to help encourage you and push you forward. That servant leadership, that growth, you know, sort of uh, orientation. I think that's that's it. So an, an analogy might be the traditional thought of a coach is that of a football or basketball coach or a ballet master or whatever the case may be. In training and training and developing young people, but when it's, tr- it's more like the modern view of the golf or tennis coach, where the Roger Federer's and the Venus Williams of the world, they hire their coaches. They're mm-hmm. the best in the world at what they do. Yeah. but They're smart enough to hire someone to help them. Yeah. And Roger Federer is a good example because he's considered the best of all time, uh, and twice in his career, he went a year without a coach. And then later, he, he recognized his era. Mm-hmm. And he said, now he has two coaches. Yeah. Because, you know, it wasn't the fact that he wasn't good. He just didn't perform at the level he could have if he had that other person with a different perspective, who could see things he, he, he couldn't see and offer, you know, him feedback that helped him grow. And so I think that's what it's all about. So that's the shift that, that, that I see, is how do we get people out of the 20th century mindsets and using 20th century tools to give people feedback and move into the 21st century mm-hmm. and think about their role and responsibilities to, to engage people, right? To, to, have, to really get to know them and, and to find out what triggers get them where they need to be. Yeah. And then empower them, give them the tools
1: that they need yeah, And then encouraged yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And uh, the Federer example, I, I hadn't really heard that one, but I, I talk about the, uh, Tom Brady the same way, right, um, all the time. I mean, the guy's, again, one of the best ever and continues to have a coach, continues to work on the little things. Like, he, <laughs> he plays at such a high level. If anyone could – not have a coach, it's Roger Federer or it's a Tom Brady, but they, they realize that importance in, in having those people around them to continue to just perform at the highest level they possibly can. So I love that, yeah. That's just what you do for a living,
2: right? I mean, yeah. you help people be the very best version of themselves possibly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every single day.
2: Yeah. And I've found that the smart people, right? You know, the smart people know that they don't know it all. Yeah, right. The best performers know there's more ground to cover. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. they don't make excuses.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. What's, um, let's switch gears a little bit. And um, I was, one of my favorite questions is, you know, what's, a, what's a critical moment or a turning point for you where you know, I always say like the fork in the road, right? Um, a lot of times we kind of have that intuition to maybe go right, but everybody else is pulling us left or, you know, the easy route seems to maybe go, go left. And, um, obviously this would be a moment where you chose, you did make the choice you did, which has you where you are today, but had you not you'd be in a very different place in your life, is there an example that comes to mind for you there that you could share?
2: Yeah, you know, I think uh, for me, a watershed moment in my life was, uh, I think I was around 29, and that's when I decided to leave the core, right, you know? Yeah. Uh, And I call it my renaissance period of having grown up and realized that many of my thoughts and visions and ideas were the byproduct of what others said, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? I remember having a conversation saying, to myself saying that, that's not who I am I want to be. But man, it was painful for your yeah. parents or your loved ones or friends that saw you this way. But you like, well, you know, that's more. And one of the things I said to myself about being a marine officer is that I said, if I if I worked my work the hardest I could and be the best I could be, that in ten years from now, the most I would be is a lieutenant colonel, right? Because yeah. as you know, it's a structured process, right? And yeah. I was like, but if I go into the civilian world, right? I mean, I can do anything, you yeah. Know? And so, and I was saying, hey, I love my country. I love the Corps, but that's not what I was put on earth to do. Yeah. And so the res- being a reserve officer kind of saved me there because it allowed me to serve and do the things that I thought were important. It yeah. gave me the freedom to do my own thing. And so, you know, right. having been a, 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 a military officer, you'll appreciate this. So I was like, hey, you know, I want to go back to school. I love, I mean, I love academics. You know, I love learning, yada, yada. So I was looking for a program to go back to school you know, to get a doctorate, right, and earn yeah. my master's on active duty. Now, you know, the Navy has the Naval Research Center, they got all kinds of programs, to go back for PhD, you can go teach at the academies, so, you know, same thing with the Army, yeah. the Air Force, the Marine Corps has none of that. The Marine Corps is a very simple organization. It only does yeah. two things, make Marines and win battles. It's not <laughs> right. in anything else, right? That's all the Marine Corps does, yeah. you gotta love it for what it does. Yeah. So, you know, I search, I mean, I read all the literature, I'm looking for programs or whatever, and I end up at headquarters Marine Corps, I'm talking to this major, right? And I'm saying, hey, you know, I've looked for this and I've looked for that. I'm trying to find this. And he's like, Captain, that doesn't exist. Stop stop your search. He goes, the Marine Corps didn't do that. We don't care. We don't need doctors. We need killers, man. You know, <laughs> if, you want, if you want to be a doctor, you need to get out of the Marine Corps. And I remember yeah. thinking, okay. All right. Because I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's not the mission of the Marine Corps. Yeah. Right? Right. And so, and you got to love it for its focus. Yeah, On absolutely. two things. Right. Right. And so that was a watershed moment for me that, you know, I needed to decide
1: how I wanted to approach my life. Right. And that's it's a great like, lesson for, yeah. I think, a lot of us, especially listeners, because we, uh, you know, just that's like, hey, the Marine Corps knows who they are and what they are, and, and they're the best in the world at it. And uh, more people could do that in their life. Right. Because a lot of us get stretched in and we want to do, we want to be and do everything, a little bit of everything. And you're never great at anything. In the process, yeah. um, yes. So I like so clarity. That. I
2: think I think yeah. I think one of your talks is on clarity,
1: yep. right? Yep. That gives
2: you perspective.
1: Huge, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And uh, so you were still able to stay in as a reservist, correct? And got your doctorate yep. and and uh, finished that out and and took you on the path that you are today. Then from there, cool. Love it. What's, um, Absolutely. Absolutely. what is, uh, yeah. one, or, as, as we yeah. start to wrap this up, like what would be one or two things that if listeners were to implement today would help them move their life forward today, what would that be? Right.
2: Well, I, I would say a couple things, you know, one, certainly, you know, it's tried and true, you know, find what, what, what jazzes you and, and focus on that. Uh, but, uh, but the other part is, you know, I think it's similar back to, um, uh, nobody succeeds alone. No one sees, yeah. succeeds alone, right? And, you know, you got to team up or pair up and get a coach, you know, your partner, you know, your life partner, your friends or whatever. I mean, I, I've never seen a self-made man or self-made woman or anything like that. The more I study, you know, performance, it's always somebody who, uh, you know, uh, anyone who's successful has, you know, kind of the Robin, you know, <laughs> you yeah. know sort of yeah. thing. Or somebody with or around them or somebody's, who are really valuable in helping them have perspective and focus and, you know, spurring them on. And I really think it's that coach counseling and cheering on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it is, right? Yeah. It's a person to say on the days you don't feel like it to get back into the freight or get, you know, a uh, good job or whatever. So I think, yeah. you know, focus, execution, and you got to get help,
1: period. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's, that's gold right there. I like that the coach, the counsel, and the cheering on. Um, as I think about that, that's a lot of what I do. So, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, really? Yes. And they're all, all three are important. Um, definitely. And there's a time and a place for each one of them, too, right? So, yeah. Yeah. What there are some ways that we can uh, follow you and find out more about you as well as uh, your book as well?
2: Yeah. So, uh, performanceconversations.com. Simple as that. Perfect. Website, has some information, has some training courses, you know, stuff about the book and, you know, all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's designed to be a desktop reference to help, you know, uh, leaders create a relationship and a structure, right? Because you've yeah. got a structure there about how to give feedback and kind of manage the process, you know, models, all that kind of academic stuff. Yeah. But it's probably stuff that you and others do and managers do every day, but put in a framework, right, to help them kind of uh, systematize, you know, kind of a good management approach. I don't know if you if we're allowed to kind of give coupons and, and oh, of course, and yeah, absolutely, whatever. So you yeah. know, uh, I'll create a coupon code for your for your listeners, forty percent off end of the courses on the site. Yeah, so, you know they'll you know uh, there's a place for codes and they just need to put in championship, right? Championship. You know, perfect, exactly. You know, so yeah. performanceconversations.com,
1: forty percent off for your listeners by using that coupon code. Okay. Yeah. And we'll, we'll plug that into the notes as well. And, you know, it's interesting because I was just in this conversation, kind of office suite here and uh, uh, there's a insurance agency here and he's got a good sized team and we were just having, he just, he knows that I deal in leadership and we started talking, having some conversations and it was, it fell right in line with this. And so I think I'll surprise him with your book and and get that. It's cool. Yeah. It was a, it's and there's a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners as well with teams that are listening into this podcast as well so um i appreciate you coming on today taking some time and and sharing your story and sharing what you're up to thank you so much
2: my pleasure let me know if i can ever
1: support you as well absolutely have a good day
0: let's go in 05 and 06 i deployed to kuwait i used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home. I miss my life, miss my wife. For 15 months, he was all alone. Marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'm gonna lead the way, from I'm a believer We can do anything we want Look, if I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast